What's going on, everybody? Sway Max Sr. here, back at it. Talk about some UFC. UFC Sacramento. We got the return of Uriah Faber. We have Aspen Ladd versus Jermaine Durandamine in the main event. Should be a pretty interesting card. Um, not as many big names as we saw the week before, but uh, should still be interesting for uh, for just us regulars. And uh, it should be just an interesting card in general, just right off the bat. Um, I know there was really only like two or three massive favorites, I want to say. Let me double check here. Yeah, there's only like there's only like two big favorites. We got a minus 220 and a minus 300. Um, one more minus uh, 200. But other than that, all the fights are pretty close. And, uh, and then also we only have, um, oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. We got a minus 335 and a minus 410. Sorry, guys. I was looking at the inside the, uh, distance odds. We actually only have a, a couple of those as well. Um, we have, uh, the Roberson Terman fight minus 225 inside the distance. We have, uh, another one pretty close, um, pretty close to that and, um, the main events minus two ten inside the distance. You'll probably always, for the most part, find the main event with the inside the distance prop, um, just because it's five rounds. And so, for the most part, they'll they'll always think that that fight's gonna end within five rounds. So, yeah, let's uh let's get to it. Um, this week we definitely have a special guest. We have Juan the Kraken Adams who's going to join us. I'll play that interview for you guys here after we just get into a few of the fights. It's about six minutes long. Uh, he talks a uh, really candid interview, man. He's really cool. Talks about uh, why he can't stand Greg Hardy. Um, talks about um, uh, another aspect of that as well. And not just uh, kind of the showman part, but but really kind of digs um, digs in for us and tells us, you know, just kind of behind the scenes, uh, as to why it kind of aggravates him as well and what's going on there. So really cool. Also talks about some food and, uh, yeah, you just get to know, you just get to know the guy, you know, um, that's really, that's really what I'm trying to get going in these interviews. You know, uh, I've listened to a lot of interviews and stuff. It seems like people just ask the, um, you know, just, just, just the normal vanilla questions, you know, and, um, I kind of like to get into these guys' heads a little bit as far as just like, you know, how they're feeling and how things are going and, you know, how, how's training's going. Last week, we got to talk to Eric, um, on fight week and, um, you know, we basically straight up got to ask him like, you know, how are you envisioning the fight going and how's, how, how do you plan to do it? And he went out there and did exactly what he said he was going to do. And that's that's what we want. You know, we kind of want to get into these guys' heads and see how they're feeling close to the fight weekend. Uh, this is another great interview. So even if you guys don't play DraftKings, go ahead and uh, give that interview a listen. I think it's uh, some really good insight as to Juan um, and, and just who he is a little bit. Now to start us off, so we do have 12 fights Looks like everybody made weight. We'll talk about some of that stuff as we get to the fights. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks like everybody made weight. Some people struggled, um, but but everybody was on weight. In the first fight of the night, the curtain jerker, we have Vince Morales versus Benito Lopez. This is uh, an interesting fight here. Um, Benito's a pretty cool guy, man. Um, just as just as far as like on Twitter and stuff like that, like you know, he he seems like a pretty he seems like a pretty cool dude, man. Said with his last purse, he bought his grandma a car, man. I mean, <laughs> like how can you not like that guy, right? Um, <clears throat> also, Benito can bang. He he's he's a really really uh he's a really really good fighter. He likes to use his knees. He likes to use his long limbs. He likes to use the elbows and stuff like that. He can take a punch. Um, I've seen him get into uh, I've seen him get into a scrap where he was a little bloodied up. He got he got popped up a little bit, and um, I mean you know he <clears throat> he didn't quit. Now he did lose his last fight by submission to Manny Bermudez, um, first round, and that was that was earlier this year in February. So I think people I think people are gonna run recency bias on that, and they're gonna see that last fight and be like, oh god, like you know we don't want we don't want anybody losing in the first round. And while that's true, I think that was just a bad, uh, I, he just got caught. Like, you know what I mean? He just got caught and it happens. 
Um, but at the same time, like he was projected to lose that fight. You know, he was only 7,100. Um, you know, it just was a lot quicker than expected, but, uh, but in his win against Albert Morales, he scored 82 points. He had 78 significant strikes. Um, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what you can expect by volume. Mm, I'd say technical. He's kind of middle of the pack. Um, doesn't blow you away technical wise, but he's definitely not the worst. On the flip side, Vince, uh, Vince, real tough. Basically, that's kind of all I can say about this guy. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is going to be his third fight in the UFC and in his last fight, he, uh, he won by, uh, he won by decision, but he only threw 59 significant strikes. Um, and in three rounds, I mean, he had no takedowns, he had no knockdowns, basically didn't do anything except for, um, you know, throw more, throw more strikes than the other guy. You know what I mean? That's, that's not what we want. He lost against, uh, Song Yudong also. I mean, uh, he lost against Song Yudong last year, back in November. He he threw 74 sig significant strikes there, um, but, I mean, he, he still lost the fight. So, honestly, just not super exciting. I will say, though, like, he's going to be tough. He's definitely going to be the better boxer, just the better straight-up boxer. He's definitely going to be more aggressive, especially in the early going. I wouldn't blame you if you want to take shots on either side. The pricing and, and the odds, we'll get into that. So we got Benito at plus 114, and we got Vince at minus 136 currently, or, or at the time that, um, at the time that they use this, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at Fantasy Cruncher right now, just using their odds. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, Vince honestly though is in a good, he's in a good spot. Like if he can get a first round finish at 8,500, um, especially because of what we talked about earlier, they're only being really two huge favorites and everything else being pretty close. Um, I mean, you know, he, he could do it in that first fight of the night. It honestly always carries implications. You know what I mean? Either you don't have enough of it, um, or, or you had too much of it. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of one way or the other. So, uh, I mean, I do think this is a spot that you might be able to take a shot on. I, if I was making five ten lineups though, I probably wouldn't play either one of these guys in more than two. Just, just to, just to be honest with you, um, you know, and definitely I, you know, say three at max, right? Like if you think Vince is gonna win, you can go ahead and throw Vince in two and put Benito in one just as a hedge. Um, if you're playing like MME, which I'll be, I'll be MMEing today. I was, I played a, I played a lot of. Um, I played a lot of just kind of handhelds last week because of the tickets and stuff that, that I had. So it was kind of a different week for me, but <clears throat> this week I'll be back to my MME and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't go more than like 20, 25% on any of these guys. I mean, and if honestly, if you wanted to fade it, I wouldn't be mad at you either. Um, I just think it's kind of an, the only reason it's interesting to me is because it's in a good price range. 7,700 for Benito and 8,500 for Morales. Either one of them scores well, they're going to be in the winning lineup, period. I mean, and that can be said about any of these fighters, right? But like, as far as MMA is concerned, it's kind of about game theory. You also want to get away from the chalk a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? So first fight of the night. Um, that's, that's kind of what we got. Um, don't, don't go heavy on it at all. If, if, if you're going to play it, pick a side, put them in a couple of lineups and move on. But, uh, but for me personally, um, because I'm MMEing, I'll probably have a small percentage of both. So there you go. Next up, we have Liviana Souza, Souza versus Brianna Van Buren. This is a women's strawweight fight, which means they're 115ers. Brianna's coming in at minus 121. Souza's coming in at minus 101. So basically a pick em, in my opinion. Um, Salary-wise, Souza is 8,000 and Van Buren is 8,200. This is a, this is going to be a, this is going to be a good fight here. This is going to be a good fight. And it looks like we got a lot of Brazilians on this, uh, on this card. So that should be interesting, but, um, I mean, as far as, as far as her, as far as, uh, as far as, uh, Souza's, Souza's stand-up game, it's not really the best. Um, 
but I don't think she's going to even try to keep this standing. I think she's going to straight go for the takedowns. and I think she's going to continue to go for the takedowns. She's a very good wrestler. And if we just go back and look at her, uh, her wins here, she has four takedowns. She had four takedowns in her last fight. She only threw 23 significant strikes. Um, looks like she fought Sarah Froda. Um, that was back in February. But uh, and she was ninety one hundred. She only scored sixty seven um, fantasy points, so that's not that's not ideal. That will probably drive ownership down on her, to be honest. But in her last one against Alex Chambers, she subbed her out in the first round. Um, also had a takedown, so it looks like she took her down, popped her a couple times, um, and either choked her out or um, something like that. So she scored one hundred and six DraftKings points, and that was at ninety six hundred. So she's definitely got the capability to score high. On the flip side, Brianna is coming in. This is going to be her first fight. She's got uh, she's got some good pedigree. She's got some good coaching and some good people around her that are kind of hyping her up. Um, but I think it's for good reason. Um, this is definitely going to be the best competition that she's faced, though, without a doubt. Um, this is not going to be the type of calibers of fighters that she was fighting previously. Um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, not even not even close, you know. Um, I think Souza is basically going to try to take her down and try to take her down right away and probably try to sub her out right away. And if not, she will just relentlessly keep trying to take her down. Um, I like that. We like that for DraftKings. Um, again, this, these early fights, it's tough to kind of want to load up on, but at 8,000 and at 8,200, I honestly don't like Brianna that much. <clears throat> I really don't. Um, I probably will have very, very low ownership of her. But I, on the flip side, I, I do like Souza quite a lot. Um, at 8000 I think we get a good discount there. And if you heard me mention before, when the pricing is usually tight like this, <clears throat> um, I mean, it's usually pick one or the other, you know what I mean, and, and, and go with it. Especially looking back at history, Souza scores pretty high. I like it. So there's my pick there, and um, I'll probably have a decent amount of her. Um, probably won't go, I'll, I'll probably be on par, like with the field though. I'm guessing she'll probably be around 25, 30% owned if, if I were to guess. And that's probably about where I'll be. So yeah, but I do like her though, but you don't want to go too heavy this, this early in the card. The, the key here is to be able to survive and have lineups, um, you know, that are in the green or heading toward the green here at the tail end of the card, because that's definitely where, uh, that's definitely where things get interesting. All right. Next up, we have Jonathan Martinez versus uh, Louis Ping Wan. I'm sure I just butchered his first name. Lee. We'll call him Lee. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Ping Wan's coming in at minus 150. 8,700 on DraftKings. Jonathan Martinez uh, is coming in at 7,500. He is plus 126. Let me check something here. No, not this one. The next one. So, yeah, uh, Jonathan Martinez is actually uh, coming in. This is going to be his debut. Uh, nope, I apologize. He does have one fight. He does have one fight. Um, he fought last year, last October. He lost to Andre Sukumta. That's right. Yeah. Um, but it did go all three rounds. Uh, kid kid got a takedown. Um, they kind of scrambled a little bit. I do remember that. And um, looks like, yeah, he had like 71 significant strikes. So, I mean, it wasn't that bad of a performance. And on the flip side, Ping Wong, uh, he beat Martin Day last year, November. Um, also in July, he beat uh, Damian Stasiak, both both by decision. Doesn't really score very high, though. I really don't like this fight too much for DraftKings. Like I said, though, like any of these fights, honestly, like if Jonathan Martinez, 7,500, if for, for some reason um, he can go out there and, and, and end this fight early or score very highly doing so, He's gonna be in the he's gonna be in the bink lineup. While I don't think that that's going to happen, it's definitely always a possibility. So you know, if you have any gut feelings, you guys definitely just just go with your gut. You know what I mean? I mean, that's you got to get lucky and and go with your gut most of the time. You know, as long as you have the information you need. So hopefully, I'm just providing that information that you need so you guys can kind of make your own decisions there. But yeah, um, I won't be I won't be too high on Jonathan Martinez. I do like the price. I do like the odds. I just don't think uh, I just I just don't think I just don't think it's gonna finish. To be completely honest with you, um, but it might. 
Um, and if it does, I would definitely like the latter on Martinez being cheaper um, than, than Ping Wong at 8,700, especially, you know, right below there, that Souza fight at 8K, she might put up some points. I mean, she's averaging um, almost 90 DraftKings points a fight, even though it's only two fights, it's a small sample size still. All right, next up we have Ryan Hall versus Darren the Damage Elkins. This is going to be a good fight for uh, for as long as it lasts. Vegas doesn't actually think... So Vegas has this as a minus 140 high. But on this card that doesn't have a lot of odds, a lot of, I guess, prop odds value as far as they don't have that many fights that they believe is going that they believe are going to end early. Uh, there's only four. This be the first one. Uh, I mean, I think we got to take some shots. And, and even this one, really, we... I mean... Well, minus 140 is not the best. So while I do think this is a spot that I think it does end early, this is this is not one of those fights we're going to just load up on and, and, and just, you know, and just say, yep, fuck it. We're, we're going we're going all in here. Definitely not happening on this fight. Now, with that being said, um, Ryan Hall's coming in at minus 104. Darren Elkins is coming in at minus 117. Darren Elkins is 7,900 on DraftKings and Ryan Hall is 8,300 on DraftKings. Ryan Hall's an interesting guy, man. I mean, um, you know, he uh, the, looks like, the, as far as I can see, he fought in December uh, in 2015 against Artem Loboff. He won a decision. He beat Gray Maynard, which was uh, the next year, basically, uh, in December. Then, then he didn't fight for two years. And... Uh, I'm not quite sure why. I'm not quite sure why. Um, I'd have to go back and check. Maybe I can. Maybe I can post something later. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. I've kind of been looking. Um, I remember the last time he fought, it came up why, but I I can't. I just can't remember why. Um, but you know, he came back um, last year in December. <laughs> I don't know why this guy always fights in December. What the hell's up with that? <laughs> but uh, he he came back right uh, right in December, right before the new year, and uh, beat BJ Penn, subbed him out in the first round. I remember that he grabbed that he grabbed that ankle so quick. Um, BJ BJ didn't. He was like, Nah, man, I don't want none of that. He tapped out. So I like Ryan Hall here at eighty three hundred. I I really do actually. Um, Darren Elkins, the damage, man. I mean, the guy's taking a lot of damage over his career. Like he's been fighting since 2010. Like the dude fought Dwayne Ludwig in 2010. You know what I'm saying? Like Dwayne's coaching now, dude. Like <laughs> Dwayne's not getting punched in the face anymore. These guys are now coaching, like sitting on pads and stuff. They're not in here banging. I mean, unless you're Uriah Faber, who's coming back for God and who knows, but like, I, I dude's been dude's literally been fighting in the UFC for like nine years almost, like it's nuts. And although he hasn't lost that many fights over that time frame, I do think he, uh, I do think he's getting up there. I, I, I do think he's getting up there. At this point, I don't think he's going to be able to take too much more damage. Now, now when he wins, for the most part. Mm, he's he he scores pretty decently, um, even in even in some decision wins he's scoring like eighty six points, stuff like that. Um, he had a decision win against Chad Skelly in twenty sixteen that would have given him one hundred and twenty nine DraftKings points. He threw one hundred and four significant strikes, had seven takedowns. He's basically had a takedown in every single one of his fights. <clears throat> There's been a couple he hasn't, but like he's gonna look for the takedown. He's definitely going to look for the takedown. Um, he's And he's just hard to put away. You know what I mean? He's just hard to put away. But I do think Ryan Hall is basically going to, like, pull guard type shit. Like, he's going to be pulling some some weird stuff. He's just going to be trying to get to that ankle. Um Period. Like, he's just going to, he's just going to look, he's just going to look for the sub. Um, his stand-up is not the best, but I think it's getting a little better. Um, and he just wants to get it to the ground, man. And I like that. Um, 7,900 for Darren Elkins. I mean, fuck, man. If he can come out here and do something crazy. He's he's real close to that 8K range. So, I mean, it's it's hard to really pull the trigger on that. But with the odds being so close, Vegas thinking it's going to end early. 
why not, right? If you're playing like 10 lineups, 5-10 lineups, go ahead and throw them in one or two. Um, but I do like Ryan Hall in this matchup, though, and I think at 8,300 again, if he um, if he can if he can pull that sub out or if he can pull a victory in and score significant points, um, especially if he can get over the 90 to 100 mark, um, I think we should be good to go. All right, so now is we're gonna go ahead and listen to the interview with Juan the Kraken Adams. Um, again, just want to thank Juan and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the interview. Again, make sure you check Juan out later this month. It's gonna be July 20th. He's fighting on the ESPN card. He's fighting Greg Hardy. It's going to be something you don't want to miss. And yeah, thanks for checking it out. So here we go. Juan Adams joining us today. We're, uh, we're very thankful he's going to join us. Juan is fighting July 20th. He's fighting against a guy named Greg Hardy. Uh, it's in the heavyweight division. It's going to be on ESPN. So make sure you guys check it out. And uh, yeah, so uh, first off, like, how's training going, man? I know you've been crushing it, but for people who don't know, like, you know, how's it going? Uh, it's going really well, you know. Um, we added about, let's see, a total of about 11 hours of training uh, per week to my schedule. And it's really paid off a lot. Um, my weight's a lot lower than it's ever been at this point. Um, after sparring yesterday, I was 276. So nice. Yeah, normally we start my water cup at 283, and uh, I'm pretty cranky by that. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, I can still like have like juices and things like that, which are great. So yeah. Uh, you know, it's a big morale boost going in. I feel good. I feel strong. So. Yep. 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 And for uh, and, and like I've been following you for those. If you're not following Juan on uh, if you're not following Juan on Twitter, definitely do it. Definitely do it. He's hilarious. He interacts with his fans and with his followers. So so definitely do it. But like what's so what's been the hardest thing for you? I mean, uh, let's let's just say food wise, you know, like what's been the hardest thing to stay away from that? You're just like at night, like, oh, I think I can grab one real quick. And it's just like, you know what? Let me not do it. Uh, for me, that's definitely uh the toss-up between donuts and tacos. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, or, and pizza. Pizza, those three right there. Yeah, there. yeah. Here, down here, we got Shipley's. Um, okay. Over 20. There's so many you can just drive through. Grab them 24-7. Damn. Uh, like, like six bucks, you can be loaded. And Damn. I passed, I passed four different Taco Bells on my way from the gym. Home, wow. So that wow. was tough. And then we got Cabana and all kind of stuff, you know, yep. food everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, so like I mean, um, and like I said, you know, for for those who aren't familiar with you, like what is it about this fight that's got you so motivated? You know what I mean? Like, what is it about Greg Hardy? I just hate him, man. Like I think he's a, a horrible human being, uh, for one, and for two, you know. There's, there's that aspect of it, and what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, fighters, we receive constant input from people, right? It's just nonstop input, 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 input. And you can only take so much. So right. the second that he was doing MMA, every day, all I've heard is, oh, when are you going to fight Greg Hardy? When are you going to fight Greg Hardy? When are you going to fight Greg Hardy? Wow. Like, I don't give a fuck about Greg Hardy. <laughs> I like, I don't care. I hate him. Like, I don't fucking, I don't. I, I, you know, I just never thought we were going to fight. Right. And then when the UFC actually signed, like, after watching them fight, I'm like, this dude is trash, man. Why are they why are they even going to sign him? And then they signed him, and I find out, like, the amount of money that he's making, one, and, you know, the placement he's getting. And the, yeah. Like, he's trying so hard. Yeah. Like, that pisses me off and rubs me the wrong way because they're out here pushing this clown. And at the time, you know, I've been saying I wanted to fight frequently, and I'm having to wait five months between fights. Yeah. You know, so that rubbed me the wrong way. But now, like, you know, I'm fighting in less than three months uh, yep. since my fight. So I don't really have any complaints with the company anymore. It's just I yeah, no, for sure. I definitely feel you on that. Just just even in uh, just like, you know, my little just community, definitely for sure. Like just even in the Twitter sphere, you know what I mean? Like. Um, and just stuff that I've seen. People agree with you, bro. I mean, I, I agree with you. I've seen all his fights since he's since, you know, he got the contract and all that stuff. And 
I mean, I'm, you know, I'm no savant or anything like that, but I mean, technically wise, I don't see it. You know what I mean? I think it's definitely just like it, it, it sells, you know, I think people just want to see it. Um, and I think this time around, people kind of want to see you kick his ass. I know I do. So, uh, so, so, so there's, so there's that for sure. But, uh, but yeah, man, and I won't keep you too much longer, man. I, um, I do have one more, I do have one extra question for you just because I saw that you're friends with, uh, Eric and I interviewed Eric last week before his fight. Um, how, how did that happen? Did you guys just meet like, like, in I don't know, like just meet in crossing one time or how'd that work? Yeah. So, um, right before he was set to fight on the, it was his last LFA fight and mm. it was my first my second LFA fight, but it was really like my first opponent. Uh, my first time on TV, and he was like main eventing, but it was in my hometown. Okay. So looking for a gym to train at, and I forget if we messaged on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, but somehow or another, like we exchanged numbers, and he came down, and you know I was rolling with him while he was cutting. We were cutting weight at the same time. And, nice. So we just kind of became friends through that, and then we interacted on uh, Instagram and, and Twitter a lot. So you know, we yeah. kind of became friends that way. And so anytime I can go see him fight, I do. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely cool, man. He's definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I sent him. Uh, well, no, we, he asked. He answered a lot of like questions that I had. There was a time on uh, where my Instagram was more uh, was a lot more wild than what it is. <laughs> <laughs> He would respond on there, like, we would have some good back and forth. And, yeah. And stuff like, it's all chill. Yep, definitely. Well, hey, man, uh, I'm supporting you, man. I'm rocking with you. Um, like I told you before, when we kind of had that that first little interaction, hopefully you kick his ass because you'll help my, my DraftKings lineups too. So hopefully we can all make some bread that day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 but, uh, like, I don't even, like, I don't really hold bad in like if people do it consistently on twitter i can just mute them and it's yeah just yeah, yeah. Like, on twitter it's just like there's one dude he's always interacting and i said like i mean i'm pretty sure dude's got a mental disorder and he got mad and called me like child or whatever but but that's like the only tweet of it i've seen in like the last three months yeah like, so and that's the thing people go from like tip riding to hating and i don't care if you want to hate on me as long as you're creative For sure. And people don't like that. So I, yeah. On Instagram, I can block them. On Twitter, it's fun to mute them. Like, just mute them. Yeah, because then they can just talk to themselves pretty much. It's like. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, man, I just want to thank you again for, for chatting with me. Hopefully, we can do it again soon. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best, man. I'll be rooting for you. And uh, on the cracking atoms, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we'll try to move and shake through the second half of this here. So next up, we have we have former champion, the former champion here, Nico Montano going up against Juliana Pena. Juliana's coming off of a long layoff. She was pregnant. She just had uh, she just had her daughter. Um, saw an interview with her. She seems like she's in the right headspace, though. She said basically she just kind of played it by ear as far as when she'd be ready. Said her daughter's about a year and a half now, and she just felt like the time was now. And although she wasn't fighting, she said she was training and she was commentating for another promotion. Um, so, I mean, it's good that she was uh, just staying active. You know, it's kind of what you want to hear. She's 9000 so she's one of the more expensive fighters on the card. And she is coming in at minus 190. On the flip side, we have Nico, who is plus 160. She's only 7,200 on DraftKings. Uh, the funny thing here is uh, in her first and only fight in the UFC, Nico scored 158 DraftKings points. Like crazy. 
but she was facing Roxanne Modafari. I say that, though, and Roxanne has actually had some pretty impressive fights in the UFC. Um, one thing about that, that um, I believe it was Tough 26, one thing about that season, like, I remember watching it. I Sadly, I've watched almost all of them, but I remember watching it, and I was like, I was like, God, like, like they're terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I was like, this is terrible. This has got to be the worst season like I've ever seen, you know? And, and literally every time, um, I was like, I was like, I'll be picking on these girls anytime any of them fight in the UFC. But like for, for some reason, some of these girls have came out in the UFC and they've had good careers, man. You got Sarge. She's not looked bad. Um, you got, uh, you got Macy, you got Macy who's out here dropping people. I mean, like, uh, you got Roxanne who, I, I don't know how she does it, but she doesn't, she, she doesn't look too bad all the time. Like I just, uh, yeah, man. So I think, um, I, I think overall they're, they're, they're pretty impressive. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the straight, you know, fade that I thought they were going to be. Even in this matchup with Nico, you know, um, I think this is a good matchup for her. Um, Juliana, uh, not only coming off of that layoff, she's coming off of a loss, a submission loss to Valentina. But that was, um, you know, like I said, that was that was two years ago now, um, almost two and a half years ago now. Before that, she didn't fight until July 2016. She beat Kat Zingano. Only scored 69 DraftKings points and went to a decision. Tough fight, though. Uh, she she uh, went to a decision with Jessica I back in 2015, and that's when Jessica I was losing to everybody. The thing is, is she is going to go for takedowns, <clears throat> so she should be able to not only go for it, she should be able to get it. I'll be honest. Um, I don't really just – I just don't really like this for DraftKings too much. Pena's going to have to go for the takedown. Um so for that reason, I mean, I could see if you want to like her and if you play her. On the flip side, Montagna, um, she's going to need to stuff the takedown. I do think she's live, though. So I wouldn't be mad at you if you want to go ahead and take a shot on her at 7,200. Um, even depending on how this card goes, I mean, we just might not see too many high scores. You know, I mean, it's possible that uh, a 75 or something like that at 80, a, a, you know, something low from a, a, a 7,000 um, type player like this, it may be enough to do it. I mean, we'll only time will tell. We'll see. But um, so, yeah, I mean, on this one, it's it's uh, for DraftKings purposes. I mean, I just don't really like it. Um, it's going to be mostly a fade for me. Um, I'll probably have some shares of Juliana just because of the takedowns. And then I'll probably have some shares of Nico just as a hedge. But like, I'm talking like, like 10 to 15% guys, like super low. Next up, we have Shaman Marais versus Andre Feely. This is a featherweight matchup. Andre Feely's coming in at minus 108. Shaman Marais is coming in at minus 113. Marais is 8,400. And Feely is seventy eight hundred. This is uh this is gonna be definitely an interesting fight for sure. I don't think this one has any inside the yeah this one doesn't have any inside the distance odds, but I think this is an interesting fight. Just based off history, real quickly, Andre Feely he scores well when he wins. On the flip side, um. Shaman Marais, kid's got a lot of power. He doesn't necessarily score well when he wins. Yeah, he doesn't score that well when he wins, but he does have power. He's fought some pretty, uh, I mean, he's fought, uh, he fought Sadiq Yusuf, Julio Arce, um, Matt Sales. He fought Zabit. I mean, you can't blame him for losing to Zabit. Um, looked like that was his, uh, that was, looked like that was his debut too. They put him against his B. He got subbed out in the third round. So, I mean, he made it three rounds, you know what I mean? Like, um, but dude's got power. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd say massive power. Um, he's going to be the better boxer. So if he starts touching Feely, he might be able to, he might be able to put Feely away. But on the flip side, um, Andre Feely at 7,800, like, I mean, he may be able to style, uh, a little bit. I'll just be honest. Like he beat Miles Jury, scored seventy nine DraftKings points. Um, 
he he I mean he he's basically had a takedown in all his fights as well. He had four takedowns against Dennis Bermudez in a split decision. The thing about it though is a lot of his fights do go to decision. Um he hasn't knocked anybody out since uh it looks like Gabriel Benitez back in 2015. He got knocked out against Yair Rodriguez the following year and since then everything has been decision win or lose. So but even in those decision wins, he's got five takedowns, three or four advances. He's throwing 50, 60 significant strikes. And I mean, that's going to be good for 100 DraftKings points, you know? Like, um, that's definitely going to be good for, I mean, we got 80 significant strikes, 73 significant strikes. So, I mean, he's going to throw the strikes. So, I think this is a spot we can take him at at 7,800. On the flip side, Marias at 8,400. I like him too. Don't load up on either one of these guys, though. If you're going to... Um, I was, I would say go with Feely, but really like, don't load up on any of these guys. Um, I think they're good fillers. If you're in between, uh, you know, like in some heavy spots and if you're just in between in some decisions and they're there, you can definitely go with like one or the other. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, if anything, I'll, I'll be playing a little bit of Feely. Um, and I might have some hedge lineups with Marias and that's about it. All right, guys, next up we have Michael Rodriguez versus John Alon. This is a light heavyweight bout. This is uh, basically the, this is basically the most predictable fight of the night. So I'll run through it pretty quick. Michael Rodriguez, uh, even though he lost, he's coming in at minus 424. He's the heavy favorite. 9,400 on DraftKings is the most expensive that we've seen so far. John Alon plus 327 Vegas odds, and he's the cheapest that we've seen so far at 6,800. John Alon straight up should not be in the UFC. Like, I couldn't find too much on him, but what I found and what I was able to see, he just doesn't have it. And at the very least, Michael Rodriguez, even though he lost to Devin Clark, I mean, he did go three rounds with Devin Clark. He looked very good. He looked very athletic. He threw 40 significant strikes. I do think he is definitely going to be um, the more aggressive, the stronger fighter. Um, I think, I think the only thing that John Alon's got going for him is he's tough. He's tough. Um, he's going to be, you know, he's coming in on short notice. So I'm sure he'll come out aggressive. Like all these guys do at first. But I think this is I think this is what you can call a showcase fight for Rodriguez. Just just short and simple. Um, I'll have a lot of ownership to him. I probably won't have much Alon at all. Um, but I but I probably will. I mean, I'm not gonna go like all in or anything on Rodriguez. But I'll probably have like you know 30, 40 percent, something like that. You know, <clears throat> definitely want to have a lot of him because. Vegas is also telling us that this fight is going to end early. The inside the distance odds are minus 300, which I'll tell you right now are the highest of the night. So we got Rodriguez at a minus 424 favorite. And Vegas is telling us at minus 300 that they believe this is going to end early. So basically, Mike should knock this cat out and should do it quickly. That's and that's what we're gonna play. So um that's the play. That's what I like. If you do want to take some Milan lineups for leverage, I'm 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 with you. I'll probably have a small, 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 but um but I do like the leverage play there for only leverage. But other than that, Mike's the play and I'll have a lot of them. Next up we have Marvin Vittori versus Cesar Ferreira. This is a middleweight bout. Ferreira's coming in at plus 131. Vittori's coming in at minus 156. He's 8,600 on DraftKings. And on the flip side, Cesar is 7,600 on DraftKings. Uh, this is going to be a good fight, too. Um, I think this is... I I mean, I've seen, I've seen Vittori... I mean, I've seen both of them fight, but I just recently have can remember Vittori fighting... Um, he's going to need to stuff the takedowns. I think he can knock him out though. I really, I really do think he can knock him out. I think Ferreira is going to basically try to be relentless with the takedowns. And I think he's going to look for a submission. I think Vittori needs to come, is going to come out aggressive. Um, but I, but I've seen him gas, like he, these big guys, these big muscles, they gas real quickly. So while I do like it and I do like his price at 8,600 <clears throat> and I'll be having some, and I'll have some shares. If we just look at his history, when he wins, he scores well. 
And that's, that's going to be a theme in these, in these podcasts. You know what I mean? I think, I think a lot of the times that people don't, um, they, they, they have just too much recency bias. They do a lot of tape study and that kind of stuff. And while all that stuff is great, I do think one aspect that's missing is people don't just, I mean, it's simple just to be able to look at, um, their, their past fights, look at how much they've scored, look at how many significant strikes they've had, how many takedowns they've had. I mean, that tells us a lot right there. I mean, we can look at Marvin Vittori's last six, five or six fights here. And every time he loses, I mean, it's, it's a, it's in a decision. He's never been knocked out as far as what I'm seeing in the UFC. And every time he scores well, he's got a submission back in 2016 against Alberto Uda. And then in a decision win, he scored 88.5 DraftKings points against Vitor Miranda. He had 69 significant strikes, three takedowns, and three advances. You know, that's that's money. So while the tape can tell us a lot of things, there's a lot of things that we can just look at that we don't need to see the tape on. And we can use that to use, you know, for, for other research and for other things. Um, so, yeah. Um, for Cesar mm, at 7,600, I really just don't like it. He's live for the sub though. So, I mean, he's, and that's what he's going to do. So if you want to take some shots, go for it. Um, if you're playing five or 10 lineups, go ahead and put him in, go ahead and put him in like one. I probably wouldn't put him in more than one or two though. And on the flip side, yeah, I mean, I do like, I do like Vittori. Um, he's definitely, he's definitely the play here on the flip side. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I just, I, Vittori, Vittori's going to be the play here. Vittori's going to be the play here. For Hera, basically just for leverage and just because he's a live dog and you got to have one. And he can get that sub. He, I mean, he can. He's going to look for it. He's going to look for the takedown and the sub. And if, if Marvin can't stuff that takedown, there you go. So uh, Next up, we have Wellington Terman versus Carl Roberson. Um, this actually is going to be the next fight that has some implications to end early. It's got a minus 225 inside the distance. Um, I'll, I'll keep this one short and simple. I know we've been going for a little bit. Um, I just believe Roberson all around is better. Um, I believe that he's just more technical. I believe this is a showcase fight for him. And um, I think he's got the submission. I think he's um I think his takedown defense is is gotten a little better. Um I think he's a really good prospect. On the flip side, um you know, Terman's going to look for those takedowns so it's going to need to be stuffed. Uh he might have the better jiu-jitsu so we're going to have to watch out for the sub there. He's definitely live for the sub, but I think this is a spot where Roberson should shine. He's minus 214 on uh, in uh, 9100 on DraftKings and Terman's plus 177 and 7100 on DraftKings. This is going to be Terman's first fight in the UFC. So, um we're not too sure on what we're we're going to get as far as that goes, you know, bright lights, but I do like Carl Roberson here. The price is a bit too much. Um, but very quickly, if we just look at uh, his last victory, uh, it was against Jack Marshman. And while he didn't style on him like we would like, I mean, he didn't look too bad. He had a couple of takedowns, had 30 significant strikes. He also beat Darren Stewart, though. He beat Darren Stewart, subbed him out in the first round, scored 106 DraftKings points. So it's just, you know, just, he, he's still pretty green. So, I mean, it's, we're just still not sure what we're going to get, you know. Like, it's tough, which Roberson we're going to see. Um, so I do like him, but um, let's not go heavy on him. And on the flip side, I think Terman's a live dog. I wouldn't go heavy on him either, but um, I, I do think he's live for the sub. It's, it's definitely a possibility. All right, guys, almost done. Next up, we have Mursad Bektik versus Josh Emmett. This is the fight. This is going to be a really good fight to target here. Um, these um, these next, you know, there's only a couple fights left, and, and this is definitely one to target. Josh Emmett is coming in at plus 135, 7,400 on DraftKings, and Bektik is 8,800 on DraftKings, and he's the minus 160 favorite. Yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of your classic um, grappler versus striker matchup. You got Emmett, who's very powerful. I mean, we've seen him knock cats out. He just knocked Michael Johnson out. Um, I mean, he's got that one punch. He's looked better since he's been over in that new camp with Uriah. He scores very well when he wins. 
and he's got the power. Now, um, Bektik, he's a relentless wrestler. He also scores well when he wins. I like both sides, to be completely honest. Um, I'm feeling Emmett more just because he's cheaper, but I do think Mursad has more paths to, to a victory. Um, and so I'll probably have him in more lineups than Josh Emmett. But this is definitely a fight. While we, we're not going to go all in on, um, this is definitely a fight like we can target. You, you can target heavy. If you're playing 10 lineups, I don't see any problem with going like two and three Emmett and, and, and two and three Bectic or two Bectic, something like that. You know, um, but but I definitely I definitely like it a lot. And with it being one of the last fights of the night, we don't have to worry about it crushing your lineups too much because, I mean, at that point, there's not going to be people with too much going. Um, it could be, but 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 I think this is a good spot for us to to kind of load up on. All right. Next up, we have the California kid, Uriah Faber, going up against Ricky Simone. Um. I, I don't know why I don't know what Uriah is doing here. He's plus two seventy four, sixty nine hundred on DraftKings. Uh, Ricky's damn near the most expensive fighter on the card. He's right below uh, Michael Rodriguez at ninety three hundred, uh, minus three forty six in the odds. I I just don't know why. I mean, it's, it scores well when he wins. This is the first time he'll be up in that nine K range, so we'll see if he hits value, but. He scored 89 and 83 uh, points, respectively. He beat Marab. Uh, he beat Montel Jackson. He had takedowns in both. He's had advances in both. He had seven takedowns in his last fight, um, but only threw 25 significant strikes. But dude's, dude's a boss, man. Um, I think everything that Uriah's going to try to do, Ricky can do better. Um, huh, kind of like that song, right? <laughs> but um, but I, I think it's true. I just think I just think he's going to be able to do it better. Um. I just don't I just don't think Uriah's live here at all. Like anything can happen. It's a fist fight. Like anything can happen. But I just don't think Uriah's got it. And although Ricky's expensive at ninety three hundred, I think he might put um Uriah away. I don't want to load up on it though, even with it being the co main event. I just don't I'm not I'm not comfortable loading up on Ricky. But I do like him and I will have shares of him. I will have significant shares of him. Not sure how much yet. Um, but I mean, I think this is just a fight set up for Uriah to lose. I think he came in here basically just to get some bread and dip out. And so, um, it's, it's tough. It's kind of like with Gilbert last week, like, you know, we kind of thought Gilbert would just go out there and get starched and he didn't, it went three rounds. And if Uriah can last three rounds and just not get just beat to hell, I mean, Ricky might not score that high, you know, and at 9,300, it might be a decent fade. So you know, I'm with you if you want to fade him there as well. But I think it's a good idea to have some ownership on him. Um, like I said, I'm not sure how much there. I'll, I'll be going back and forth with that probably until lock. But, uh, but yeah, like him a lot. Don't like Uriah. We have the main event now. We have Jermaine Durandamine. Plus 124, 7,300. We have Aspen Lad, who's minus 148, 8,900 on DraftKings. Now, this is going to be interesting. Usually, this is a... Usually this is a spot where I say, let's just load up. Um, and I'm going to do it again this week. I think this is a spot we need to load up. I don't, I, I probably won't go as heavy as I normally do as far as, um, like completely just locking it in. But, uh, but I will, I will be going super heavy on it. Um, Aspen looked terrible in weigh-ins. Like she looked like she was going to die in weigh-ins. She was shaking, shivering. She just looked awful. You guys, she looked awful in weigh-ins. Um, the last time she fought, she pulled the same stunt. Um, when she fought Sarge, I actually took some shots on Sarge because, because she was super cheap. And I'm like, well, I mean, th this girl cannot be ready to fight, you know, 24 hours after that. Well, she was and she she went out there um, and, 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 you know, won a decision. Didn't look that bad. Scored 97 DraftKings points like she always scores well when she wins. And for that fact, you got to have some of her. But on the flip side, I think I think the lines should be flipped here. I actually like GDR here quite a bit. Um, I think technically wise, she is just gonna she's just gonna be the better striker. If this stays on the feet, I think she's at a I think GDR is at an advantage. I think uh, Aspen's at a disadvantage, especially you know not trying to be too biased, but especially coming in as she did. I mean like 
she's had two very, very horrendous cuts um, in her last two fights. And that is just, that just can't, that just, that just can't be good. I mean, I, you know, like I, it just can't be good. She probably should have put on a better performance against Sarge and she did it. Um, I watched, uh, I watched, um, Jermaine Durandamine when she won that belt against Holly Holm back in 2017. Um, I watched her knock out, um, Anna Elmos back in 2016. Like she's, I, 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 I think she's very, um, I think, I think she's very good. I think she's very powerful. I'm not sure why she hasn't been more active. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, there was a, there was a big chunk there from 20, like she didn't fight for almost, for almost two years when she came back and beat Raquel. Um, and she only beat Raquel by a decision. Raquel actually looked a lot better in that fight. Um, but basically we know what we're going to get from GDR. She, she's going to move. She's, she's going to, Try to try to keep her back off of the cage, or 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 can maybe keep her back to the cage to maybe defend these takedowns. Um, she's gonna throw strikes. She's gonna throw kicks. Um, I mean, she's basically she's basically just a striker. Again, this is your striker versus wrestler matchup. Um, but I just I'm just favoring GDR here. Um, I think if it stays standing, I think she can knock her out. And again, Vegas has this as ending early. Again, with five rounds in the main event, they usually will. But Vegas does have this as a minus two ten inside the distance. Um, so I just think this is uh, you just got to pick you got to pick your spot basically, um, and then and then hedge the hedge the rest of your lineups. You know, like I think this is a spot we got to go in on, and. Um, not too much we need to get into so sorry for the long episode this time hope you guys enjoyed the pod hopefully you guys enjoyed the interview i'm looking to do um, a lot more of those i really enjoy talking to the guys um and hopefully i can talk to one of the um the women fighters here soon that'd be pretty cool um i actually did try to talk to uh aspen i tried to get an interview with aspen but um but uh i i, I think i couldn't catch her in time but, um, but yeah, so hopefully you guys are enjoying it. If you guys have any, uh, questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter and let's do it guys. Let's rock. Peace.